Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. You're darn right you're in the huddle. This is Vinny Bonsignor. It is brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. On a cool Wednesday here in Las Vegas, Devon Cotton... There was snow outside. Real live snow? I couldn't believe Real it. Real live snow. It wasn't like, you know, Chicago, Minneapolis, Detroit kind of snow. But it was snowing when I was driving here to uh, the studio. So uh, that's pretty cool. Kids like the snow. <laughs> and here in Las Vegas, you don't see it too often. So when you do see it, you kind of appreciate it. So we're going to appreciate the weather. The change in the weather, it's all good. We're going to deal with it. And we're going to also talk... Today, Devon Cotton, about Raiders free agency, Raiders draft, but the you know obviously the the free agency comes first, and what's interesting about that is that we'll be a week in Indianapolis next week, where Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, their uh, respective staffs can get a look at or get a handle on the draft just to kind of understand all right what does the draft have to offer in terms of some of the raiders biggest needs we've talked about them for a while now wide receiver offensive line depending on what patrick graham does defensively defensive line cornerback safety potentially it's an ever evolving situation especially when you change regimes and new groups come in and new ideas new schemes new formations, all of that stuff goes into who the Raiders are going to bring in at key players. I just finished up a story that's going to be posting on the Las Vegas Review Journal over at Vegas Nation any minute now. I identified uh, a bunch of players at three key positions, wide receiver, offensive tackle, offensive guard. And I think offensive guard, regardless, is going to be a priority. Um, We talked yesterday, Denzel Good. Where does he fit into all this? He's still under contract next year. Alex Leatherwood, how does he fit in? We don't know if Denzel Good is going to fit in. He still has to show that he's healthy to play after suffering a season-ending knee injury last year, first game of the season. Presumably, he should be ready to go by training camp, but you never know. But how does the new staff view him? How does the new staff look at Alex Leatherwood? Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? And how does that determine what they're going to do? Well, we're going to talk to all of that today, about all of that today. We're going to bring in a good friend of ours a little bit, 410, Bill Williamson, who covers the NFL, the Raiders, the Rams, West Coast football like a glove, will be joining us in a few minutes. And at 5 o'clock, our good friend from the Boston Sports Network, Greg Bedard, who has a very unique finger on everything Boston sports related and specifically the New England Patriots. And we all know already, Damon. I'm not saying that the Raiders are building a New England Patriots West, but you can make the argument there's a very New England Patriots feel to what the Raiders are doing now. No, that's exactly what they're doing. They're building New England Patriots West. When you bring in a GM from that organization and the longtime Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator from that organization. You're trying to emulate a little bit, not copy exactly, right? but you are trying to emulate what that organization is doing. You just hit the nail on the head. 
I don't care whether you come from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. That's been somewhat spotty, to say the least. Or the Sean McVay, or the Bill Walsh, or the um, Andy Reid. Whatever coaching tree, the uh, Mike Shanahan, there's so many trees out there. It's like a forest over here. I don't care what coaching tree you come from. Here's the advice that the best always heed. Be yourself. Josh McDaniels don't come here trying to be Bill Belichick. That may have been what caused you big time in Denver, his first go-around. You know, if you're Kevin O'Connell, don't try to be the next Sean McVay. Just be the next Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, the key is to be yourself. So, yes, we can make a case, Damon, that the Raiders are trying to emulate what happened in, in, in New England. And if they can even come close to that, that's a whole lot of success, right? Yeah, and it's funny what you said about McDaniels, too, because we just saw in the most recent example of you can't go full Belichick if you're going to be one of those assistants. Brian Flores, for all of his gripes with the NFL and being released by the Dolphins, one of the, in like, I do think they ran a smear campaign against him, like, when he, they got him out of there. Yeah. But one of the things that they were saying was he was too much of the gruff of, hey, this is my ship. I'm going to run it the way I want to. And we just keep seeing. So even if you do have a little bit, little bit of success being Belichick, it grates on people. Well, it, the same thing happened to uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit. No, no success, though. He's still Right, right. Yeah. No. If you yes. only win like three games in three years. No doubt about it, still, but the same adjectives. The same grinding kind of way that uh, Brian was being described as. But I, mean, I, like, I get, but I'm I get yeah. the differences. Yeah. I get the differences. But it look it sure looks like on the surface both guys tried to be their versions of Bill Belichick. And it just doesn't work because it's not genuine. It doesn't feel genuine. Now that might be who Brian Flores is. And it sure seemed to me on the outside looking in that I was kind of working. And we don't know to this day, Devon Cotton, who was in charge of taking that quarterback. It sounds probably like the general manager had the final say in that. And for all that we, we, we love Tua, he seems like a great guy. Is he a great quarterback? And you're really only going to go as far a lot of times as your quarterback. And we saw, you know, when he was out here playing against the, the, the Raiders, limited so far, at least, right? He hasn't been great, Tua. And we've seen some quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, who got pretty darn good in their, by their second year, in both cases by their first year, really. But anyway, yes, the Raiders are trying to build something New England-esque here in Las Vegas. But I think, at least in Josh McDaniel's case, he's probably learned the lesson of just still be yourself and do it your way. Same with Dave Ziegler. And personality-wise, just as long as you're yourself, whether you fail or succeed, at least you, um, at least you tried to do it by being true to yourself. And I think that's the trap that some of these coaches have fallen into over the years. That and, oh, by the way, a lot of these guys, even you know some of the new coaches that are you know filtering out around the league this year and general managers, they're taking over sometimes bad organizations or bad teams, and their talent's not there, and it takes a little while to get it right. So you're, you know, wherever you're coming from, and usually the trend is – when teams want to try to build or rebuild, they're going to look to winning organizations 
to bring the next that guy in. The guy that's over there in New England or Los Angeles or San Francisco uh, or name any highly successful team at this point. That's where organizations are going to look for their next head coach when it's time to go get a new coach or general manager. But as I've always said, and I think this holds true, there are no magic wands out there. You can't just because you coached with the 49ers or the Rams or the Patriots or whoever you want to uh, throw out there as successful teams over the over recent time, you can't just magically reproduce that someplace else. You got to grind. You got to find the talent. You got to be patient. And more than anything, you got to be yourself. But when you start looking at this New England-esque situation going on in Las Vegas, what's really interesting is I can't wait to talk to Greg Bedard about this at 5 o'clock. There's a whole bunch of New England Patriots players that are hitting free agency. Some that are pretty darn good that you can see fit here, especially with what Patrick Graham wants to do and Josh McDaniels want to do. So at 5 o'clock, we're going to talk to Greg Bedard about that. But without further ado... We're going to welcome in another good friend of the show, Bill Williamson, who covers the NFL as well as anybody. Big Bill, how you doing, my friend? Oh, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know it's always our pleasure. So we're getting, Bill, into the fun time of the offseason, the yep. intriguing time of the offseason. We're getting... We're a week out of, or not even a week anymore, days out of Indianapolis and the scouting combine. That sets the stage for what we can expect to see potentially in the draft, and that's also where teams kind of get a handle on the draft and then chart their course for free agency, which comes first before the draft. And, Bill, I know this is right up your alley this time of year. Uh, what's really fascinating, Bill, and I want to ask you about your level of fascination with the Raiders changing up now and bringing in Josh McDaniels as their head coach and Dave Ziegler as their general manager. How fascinated are you on a scale of 1 to 10 how they apply their imprint to this organization? Well, it's a 10, Vinny. You know, I mean, this is a... Uh, a new regime, and I think it would be really high eight nine range if it was any combination. But this one is is, is unique because it's McDaniel's in a second chance the guy that he really trusts working with him. The team that's made the playoffs and won ten games. It's in a desirable location, so there's some real possibilities for some uh, some fireworks. And I, and I think McDaniel's is a kind of a fireworks guy. John Gruden was certainly a fireworks guy. And uh, I, I think McDaniels is going to be a guy that it's not going to be a boring offseason ever. You know, I think he's going to really try to do some things to um, to win. And I know that he's just say the word, but he just, you know what I mean? He's just one of those guys that's going to, it was never boring. I was coming to AFC West when he was in Denver. It was never boring with him then. And he's just not afraid to pull the trigger on big things. So, you know, it's, this is a never-say-never never league. You know, you never thought Brett Favre would be a Viking. You never thought Peyton Manning would win a Super Bowl with the Broncos. So I'm just fascinated to see what happens because anything is possible. Bill, you are implying some very interesting no, things right now. Yes, you are. No. Yes, you are, Bill, and we love that. That's why we have you on the show. 
I never say never league, Bill. Come on. I'm I'm highly intrigued at this point. What are we talking about here, Bill Williamson? Are we is anything on the saying, is there I'm is there nothing off the hit. table? I'm just saying big hit. So you know, like hey look at John Gruden and, and this is a this is a name that's gonna make people cringe, but when this was done on a late Uh-oh. on Saturday Uh-oh. Night, I know you're going there. A few years ago, Antonio Brown was a huge hit. Right? And so I think huge hits are going to be the way this regime is going to try to do things as well. Okay. All right. Um, well, I, yes. That's I, going I, away I, from the quarterback thing because, yeah, never say never, but I'm not sitting here anticipating a, a major change at that spot. I'm really not. I, neither am I. Uh, unless something crazy happens and all kinds of stars yeah. align, uh, then obviously yeah, nothing's n- nothing's off the table. Antonio Brown, I'm not quite sure about that. Heck, I thought you were going in the Trent Brown direction. You pulled an end around on me and went Antonio Brown. That's even we're getting deeper now on the. That's uh, an example of of, of of the big things that you know happened with the last regime can happen with this regime. And hey, I tell you what, I, I know Josh Downs a little bit from them. He's not going to be up. If, if he wants Trent Brown as his right tackle, and there's potentially an opening there if they don't, if they think whether it's best at, at, at right guard, and he's a guy, he was a, you know, him and Zero were part of a franchise that twice brought trade for Trent Brown, twice. So, I mean, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. It may really bum out later, Sam, and I'm not <laughs> suggesting it's going to happen, but. He's not going to be. He's not going to be worried about that. Oh, hey, uh, I don't know, Josh. Um, a lot of fans didn't like that guy last night. He's going to be tough luck. I'm going to win with him if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I think what would make that a little bit more likely, I, I, I'm, I'm going to categorize it as unlikely, is just that he he still only played eight games last year. So the same problems yes. that were um, you know on him in Las Vegas and Oakland followed him uh, to, to to New England again. So I think that that may be the thing that scares uh, the Raiders off of, of him. And, and Josh McDaniels just went through that with him. But we'll see. I'm I'm with you. I don't think you could rule really anything out. Now, here's the question uh, that I have for you. I think with the offensive line, a lot is predicated on what the heck the plan is for Alex Leatherwood. And I've been talking about that the last couple of days uh, or last week or so. Um, Do you have any insight, inkling, um, premonition? Where do you think Alex Leatherwood ends up playing next year? What do you think the plan should be for him? You know, I I think it's it's a situation where obviously – Ziegler and McDaniels and Bruchella, they're going to really rely and lean on their pre-draft evaluations on him, right? For right now. Because that's all they really have. I I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to look at their evaluations maybe even more than the tape they saw last year because new coaching staffs and new front offices really believe in themselves more than the previous one. And that's just the way it is. That's there was it nine changes this year. That's the way in all nine cities. They believe in themselves more than the previous system. So if they say, Hey, you know, guy, we like them as a right tackle. Um, we're going to, we'll, we'll try them. I think that's what they would try. If they say, you know what? They were raised your right last year when they moved him to guard. He's a guard. They'll keep him at guard. But I think that's fluid once they get him in, you know, OTAs and mini camp and certainly training camp. It could always change, as we saw last year. It changed during the season, which was, you know, pretty unique. But I think they're going to go on their own guts, 
on where he starts and then and then adjust if needed. We're talking to Bill Williamson. He covers the Las Vegas Raiders for SB Nation. He's been an NFL writer for 25 straight years. You could follow him at B. Williamson NFL. Uh, all right, let's just assume that Alex Leatherwood stays at right guard. That means unless the Raiders are comfortable uh, with Denzel Good uh, moving full-time over to right tackle, which, I mean, he showed that he could play uh, tackle uh, the previous year and in years past. Um, but I don't eh, – maybe it is Denzel Good. But if not – who should the Raiders target? Who do you think the Raiders will target at right tackle? Uh, let's just stick with free agency for right now. Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really almost a system guy. Who, uh, and, 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 you know, full disclosure, I haven't gave, dived into that one that particularly hard. Um, I think it's they, they might look at a guy that they think fits the system. Uh, again, knowing Josh McDaniels, he is a system guy. He almost believes in system more than player, and I know sometimes people get turned off by that, but it works for them. And I don't think that he's not being, you know, deviant in that thought, like, oh, I'm better than the – but my system, I trust my system. So I think it's going to be a guy that they they might look at, you know, as a guy that really just fits them, and maybe it's a veteran on a short-term deal. Maybe it's a draft pick. You know, I mean – I delve into the possibility today if, if you take a because um, I I saw a mock draft and really I'm not real huge on mock drafts because there's just so many of them and we all we all do them. Um, it's just you know the conversation starters for a lot of reasons, you know, a lot of ways. But I do pay attention when it's something unique, you know, or, or if it's a quarterback. And um, they, they have NFL.com right now has Raiders taking. Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Right. Right, yep. right tackle. Mm-hmm. That was like, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Like, okay, I know it's a new regime. I know Mayock and Gruden are gone. But do you really want to take a guy, a right tackle, two years in a row? I don't care. It, it didn't work. But that's just, that wasn't the goal of the franchise. It's it's almost like, you know, all these cornerbacks and, and, and safety's taken high in recent years. It, it stalled the program a little bit, but you know they might say, "Hey, you know what? That's okay. It's a it's a new deal. It's our deal. We feel comfortable. We think this guy is the best fit for us." And that would I would buy that, especially if they were really high internally on Leatherwood at guard. I, that would take the load, you know, a little less in it. But you know, there's other needs as well. Yeah, I agree. And we're talking to Bill Williamson. He covers the Las Vegas Raiders for SB Nation. You could follow him at B Williamson NFL. Um, yeah, I, I was I, I put Morgan Moses uh, in there uh, from the New York Jets. Uh, I think there's uh, Dwayne Brown um, from the Seattle uh, Seahawks. I know 37 years old, but you know these days. Offensive linemen have shown that they can play, you know, further on into their careers, especially if they take care of themselves. Heck, Andrew Whitworth just won a Super Bowl at left tackle at 40. So uh, if you're good and you're taking care of yourself, uh, you could play a little bit longer. So for a two-year stopgap, maybe that's the direction that they go. Um, are I you think so- that's where it's going to be something like that. I don't know if it's going to blow a socks off, you know? Right. And here's the thing. I think where Raider Nation is right now, just make it make sense. You know, I think yeah. that, I think that they, you know, last year's free agency was pretty good, and it made a lot of sense last year for sure. If they could kind of stay on that track, uh, and likewise with the draft, which hasn't always made sense these last few years, if they could just do things that make sense, I think the fans will sign 
off on it. It's the head scratchers that I think the fan base is a little bit weary of and don't want to experience again, uh, especially in the first year uh, under the new regime. All right, let's go out to wide receiver. That's always a hot topic of conversation. Obviously, Devontae Adams, the connections that he has with right. with you know uh, Derek Carr, they've been very vocal uh, about their desires to play with each other again at some point, uh, maybe this year. I it just seems like the cost, whether it's to trade for him or to sign him, is extremely prohibitive. And I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked here about don't rule anything out, and he's a big uh, move kind of a guy in Josh McDaniels and Ziegler, but wouldn't that be kind of parting ways uh, or a departure from how things were done in New England in terms of allotting that kind of money uh, and maybe the resources that it would take to go get uh, Devontae Adams? Yeah, right now, I mean, again, 10 minutes after saying never say never. Right now, that idea sounds more romantic than – reality you know it's you know it, it'd be a great story to see these guys who are close friends and play that you know not a, a super huge college and they've had great nfl success to get together in their 30s but again i don't know it, it's more romantic than practical you know i think um and i think there might be a, you know there's a lot of names out there in, in free agency and and, and and it's you know it seems like every year is a pretty good draft year for free agency and it, it's looking like that um, this year as well. So I'll, I'll say you know if you look at the the Patriots over the years, they really haven't. They've had more system. We were talking about system a few minutes ago, right? No they doubt about it. Big big time. We see they went and got Randy Moss. You know after the Raiders and like okay what what Randy Moss have we got and, and and you know he played at a Hall of Fame level for them. Um, but if you look at the receivers, you know, they just pay Nelson Aguilar after a good year with the Raiders. So they're looking for system-like guys, and I think that's what we'll see again. I mean, I, I think they give Brian Edwards a shot. Um, I think you try to upgrade from Zay Jones as a starter, certainly, and you need a speed element. You go trade for Brandon Cooks, who, you know, who Josh McDaniels and Ziegler traded for in the past. He only played there one year, so I don't know what you know. I don't know if that relationship was like. Um, you know, this guy's been traded three times. Um, you know, Allen Robinson is. You know, there's big time. There's you know, there's Ridley out there. There's DK Metcalf. They talk about possible trades. So you know, who knows? But I, I think again, it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be different guys across the board for in, in, by this new regime. Yeah, and sometimes that's not the uh, big, splash, sexy kind of a signing, but it's the smartest one. It ends up being uh, the smartest one. But, you know, for those types of moves, the ones that don't necessarily move the major needle uh, always have to be sort of a wait and see. And, you know, you, you look back and say, wow, that did work. Kind of was skeptical, but it worked out. So, uh, And the Patriots have a great formula following that formula or great track record following that formula. All right, last question, Bill, on the defensive side of the ball. There's so many unknowns to me because we're not quite sure what exactly Patrick Graham has in mind for this defense. Uh, I know track record-wise, he's more of a 3-4 guy. Uh, Personnel-wise, what's on the roster right now, it seems like obviously it was built more for the 4-3. So we'll see how that evolves, but where do you think the money goes in free agency on that side of the ball? Because I see some holes on the defensive line. 
Obviously, Casey Hayward could create a huge hole uh, at one of the cornerback positions. And again, depending on what Patrick uh, Graham wants to do, they may not have the necessary safeties on board to play really what he wants to do as it's currently constructed. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be a bit of a hit. I think they need to try to figure that out, especially with Morick, you know. And um, and and say what you want about Jonathan Abram, you know, who, uh, you know, who knows what they do with the fifth year uh, option, and that goes for three guys this year, Farrell yes. and and Jacobs too. Um, if you ask me right now, I would say they. And this again, this is just my speculation. If they look at Abram, they okay, he's played three years, he's missed X amount of games, and he, you know, he has had some uh, on-field discipline issues. He got better at that last year, though. No doubt. Certainly certainly coverage um, is lacking. We didn't draft him. He's only number 27. We didn't trade our Murray Cooper. We're not emotionally attached to this trade in this pick. They may, they may not take the option. That's just my educated speculation three months before they have to do it, you know? So maybe they do pick up a state. It's a pretty good safety class out there in free agency like it was last year. I would think a guy like Morgan would attract to the new staff, you know? I mean, yes. It's a pretty dang good rookie year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and and they're going to like Diablo and they're going to like, you know, and they're going to like Hawks. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a front-line cornerback if, if they can. And, again, Everybody would be like, geez, more resources. But they're going to say it wasn't our resources, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you just have to kind of write it off. It's like, uh, you know, assuming debt for whatever. You just have to – it's part of the deal, and it wasn't your choice. It wasn't your decision. It's the aftermath of, you know, somebody else's decision. And so it's easier to, to just wash your hands of that uh, and not feel any emotional ties or, you know, uh, the burden of what the fans might say because it wasn't your pick. So uh, they have a lot of decisions to make, and that that, that holds true with – um, you know, uh, with Josh Jacobs, what they're going to do on his fifth-year option, uh, Cleve Farrell. I, I don't necessarily see how they can they can do any of those guys on the fifth-year option, but we'll see. Um, so it'll be fu- right. yeah, I do too. I feel I, yeah, I feel like they're probably all going to go to free. You know, unless they have a, a low for a running back that they didn't draft, and but they might go in thinking that like most NFL people with running backs, you know. We're not going to spend too much money on. We can get our own, and they've had success with system type guys. You know, James White, who got hurt towards the end of the season, is a free agent. If they feel like he's going to be healthy to start the season, I could see him being brought along. You know, I, I think Ken and Drake is a he's contracted for one more year. I can see him being a, a fit for this offense. So Same here. It's going to be really interesting to answer your original question about defense. I expect a lot of change on defense, just because. And, you know, you talked about them doing, the Raiders doing a good job in free agency last year. I, I think the highlight of that was a lot of the Gus Bradley guys that came in, you yep. know, on, on, on really one-year deals, right? And not much expected, but they would fit in comfort. And I think the chances of those guys, like Hayward and Faison and Pylon, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm missing one other guy, 
Um, Solomon Thomas, who wasn't necessarily a Gus Bradley guy, but but still right. played pretty well. Um, they made, their odds of being a Colt is probably higher than being a Raiders. Yep, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Why wouldn't you? You know, you yeah. go, go someplace where um, you know the system and and you feel comfortable, and the coach has confidence in you. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's just getting started, Bill Williamson. Uh, you know that we always appreciate appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us in the huddle, always shedding some great light uh, and enlightenment uh, on things. And we will absolutely have you back on uh, as we get closer to the opening of. Free agency uh, and the draft. Really appreciate it, my friend. All right, Benny. Take care. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Bill Williamson, uh, who covers the NFL and covers the Raiders for SB Nation. Uh, always does a great job and love talking to him. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bajado, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Got a text today. Devon Cotton. From somebody in the know. The gist of it being, yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't made any offers. Derek Carr, um, you know, I know it's speculation season, and we all get caught up in it, and it's really interesting. And there's no doubt in my mind that there is a market for Derek Carr outside of Las Vegas, without a doubt. He's a quarterback that people feel they can build a good team around. Um, and if the right things happen, who knows? Maybe something special, lightning in a bottle. Um, there's a lot of people who, as Bill Williamson, our, our great guest, just said, they're going to believe in themselves in their ability to get the most out of somebody. That's always what happens. That's why people rise to uh, the levels that they do in professional sports because they believe, put this guy in my system um, and, and our ability to build a culture and a team around them, we could do special things. And Derek Carr, to his credit, has played well enough, especially when he's around good players to prove to most people in the NFL, hey, just put the right team around him. He's going to be able to to get you pretty far. And again, if you hit lightning in a bottle or capture lightning in a bottle, who knows how far you can go. So when you're talking about Washington, when you're talking about Indianapolis, when you're talking about New Orleans, uh, when you're talking about who knows, Miami maybe, um, there's teams out there, Pittsburgh, there's teams out there without question, the Cleveland Browns, uh, who would love to get their hands on a Derek Carr and put them in their system. And so there will be a market for him without question. And the Raiders will field calls just like they did last year with teams saying, hey, what about Derek Carr? And, you know, of course, you're going to listen to some extent if you're the Raiders. It's just your job to do that. We've talked many times about that conversation I had with the former Lakers general manager, Mitch Kupchak, who every year when Michael Jordan was playing on one-year deals would always make the call at the stroke of midnight to Michael Jordan's agent to say, hey, interested in Michael Jordan. And I said, why? He was never going to do it. He's like, yeah, I don't want to be at a party 20 years down the line and Michael Jordan come up to me and say, Dude, I was waiting your, on your call all these years. I wanted to go play for the Lakers. So just to be on the safe side, you're going to make the call. Just to be on the safe side, you're always going to listen 
to ideas and proposals uh, for players on your own team. And so the Raiders will listen. But here's the thing, and this is where um, reality gets separated from fantasy. There's no doubt that there are going to be teams that are interested in Derek Carr, and rightfully so. The fits would be good. He'd help. They're ready-made teams. When you look like the teams that we just mentioned, Pittsburgh Steelers are in a good position if they have a good quarterback. New Orleans Saints are ready to go with a good quarterback, somebody that they can depend on. The Indianapolis Colts were in the playoffs two years ago with Phillip Rivers and almost made the playoffs with a very erratic who am I missing? What's the Carson Wentz? Yes, Carson Wentz. I was almost forgot about the former quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, I said former. I don't think he's going to be back next year. But the Indianapolis Colts, even with an erratic Carson Wentz, were on the doorstep of the playoffs. They had to work around him, as it turns out, because he just—I don't know what happened to to Carson Wentz. Maybe it was just the body's just broken down, whatever. But there were a couple of years there where he was an MVP candidate, and it all just sort of fell apart. Just the one. Yeah, but I'm yes, yeah. Two I rookie year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second year. No, no, no. Second year he was he was the year they won the Super Bowl for MVP, his, yes. It was his MVP caliber right. season. No doubt. Um But if you're the Raiders, and this is where the rubber meets the road. Like if you're the Raiders, if you trade Derek Carr to the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you you just literally put yourself in the same position that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in right now, or the Indianapolis Colts, or the New Orleans Saints, or the Cleveland Browns, or the Washington football uh, Washington Commanders. You're going to just be swapping places with them, and now you're the team that's going to be looking for a quarterback. So why would you get yourself into that vicious cycle unless? Unless you have a viable backup plan in place that you can immediately execute. And when I say immediately, I mean simultaneous to making the trade of Derek Carr. I know lots of fans, would you do this? Would you do that? Would you do this? Would you do that? Would you do this? Would you do that? No. Unless you're sending me, if I was in charge, the means to either go get the next quarterback that replaces Derek Carr or you're giving me the quarterback that's going to replace Derek Carr, i.e. the Detroit Lions sending Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams last year for Jared Goff. As flawed as Jared Goff became as the years went on, the Rams were not going to trade him unless they got a better player in return or had access to a player, a better player in return based on the return that they would have gotten for Jared Goff. The same holds true for the Raiders. And so we can get caught up in all of the, wow, two first round picks and a third next year or a third a first and a third this year and next year's first round pick. That sounds great. You can do a lot with that. Okay, you can. But how does it fix your quarterback situation? Derek Carr is the only quarterback that the Raiders have under contract. And the two guys that were shared the quarterback room with him last year, Marcus Mariota 
Nate Peterman, even if they were under contract, that's not who you want to roll into the season with. If you're Jer- if you're Josh McDaniels and Dave Kate Kriegler or uh, Dave Ziegler, you're not gonna. That's not the answer. The answer has to be Demon Cotton, Aaron Rodgers, or a Deshaun Watson that you know can play. Who said that they can't be the answer? That's true, but you have to establish that reality before you make – you can't do it on a hope and a whim. You can't go, all right, we're going to do this, and boy, I hope we can turn this into Aaron Rodgers. It has already have been established. Well, it goes back to your uh, Mitch Kupchak analogy. I think that every team in the league should be making that same call, the Michael Jordan call, about Aaron Rodgers. And they are, yes. So included the Raiders. So, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Hey, what would it take for Rodgers? Right. And if it was, uh, if you give us a first and Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers is I think the I think the first call somehow, some way, and I'm not going to put the Raiders in this position, but somehow, some way, somebody would be first going through the agent. I mean, I, 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 the first thing that needs to happen is you need to establish – is your guy wanting to come here? Like, are we a realistic, you know, landing spot if the Packers put him out there? Uh, and for, and first things first is you gotta um, you gotta you, the the Packers need, may, need to make it known whether it's out public for the universe to hear. He's got him twisting in the wind. He's making public. He's making it public enough. I don't know. I I from what I've I think it's imminent. Something's imminent. But is it this year imminent? No, so I don't think he's going to retire. So I'm saying if you trade for him. I'm saying is his departure from Green Bay this year imminent or just imminent like maybe the next few years? Yeah, or, it's imminent in the next few years. Few. Yeah. So so why not if you're a team? Why not? Hey, what's it going to take for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah. You, you have to do that. You you have to if if there's an or even Russell Wilson. Now give let me, me ask you. Give me the MVP. What's that? Give me the MVP. All right, but uh, there's a lot of people who think that Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Your thoughts, Demond Cotton? Derek Carr's received more MVP votes in his career than Russell Wilson has received. So um, you know that counts for anything. Crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's true. Do we have this documented? Where 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 did you get this information? Um, I'm not a, doubting you, but it was a list of it was a list of quarterbacks since Aaron, not Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson has come into the league. A list of quarterbacks 2012 that, that have received MVP votes since then hmm. because he has received zero. What? And Derek Carr received three. Oh, All right. more than Russell <laughs> well, Wilson. Was, yeah, yeah. That 2017 I mean, year must have been a. He's been injured. Who who, who won MVP in 2017? Oh, that was the Matt Ryan year. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? What are you laughing about? I he mean, was great, but it was a kind of a down year for Tom Brady. Also, Tom Brady came in second place that year. Derek Carr came in third. Okay, Tom Brady. That was his Deflate Gate year, so he didn't play. And the they won the season. Super Bowl that year. Yes, right. against the Falcons. Oh, that's right. So, so his Deflate Gate that that was the year that he uh, yeah he got to, like Jimmy G got to start that the uh, first two or three games of yeah. twenty seventeen. Yeah. All right. So and Derek Carr received three first place votes. Well, I mean. No, you say uh, no. I, I I'm but, joking uh, but, a little but, bit, but yeah. I don't think that Russell Wilson. He's been injured. You know, he, the injuries are concerned. The injuries are concerned. He has a smaller quarterback. I don't know if he's going to hold up. I don't know if he's that consistent. And to be, I know he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But like I said, I don't think that Russell Wilson has ever been. Hey, he's top three in the league quarterback. 
That's my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, man, I've seen that dude win games almost by himself, and I almost think that the Seattle Seahawks took him for granted because of that. Like, he would roll into town with who, what, who's that, that offensive line, and yet somehow, some way, find ways to beat you. I He's underrated to me. Russell Wilson, to me, is underrated. He's properly rated. I think he's a little bit overrated because he's got a good PR team. Yeah, but I mean, he's got like that America's quarterback vibe going I mean, on. Okay, put Look that at in, my family. Put, no, he's got the put, good PR team. If he was doing like those, if he was putting up those same numbers in Dallas, they'd be like, we want more. But you put up those same he numbers. He won a Super Bowl. He went to, he's been yes, at two Super Bowls. But if you, but let's say recently, what have you done for me lately? I know, but I think a lot. What? Okay. But I am, uh, to me, I don't think that the Seattle Seahawks' lack of success these last few years has been because of him. I think it's because Pete Carroll sort of fell asleep at the wheel, and I love Pete Carroll. And I think they took for granted what they had at quarterback and never truly addressed the offensive line and some of the help that he needed because of them taking for granted such a great player. I think if he was in a better situation, heck, Man, well, that's every good quarterback in the league. Yeah, we saw it with really Stafford. Good. You put him in a good, you put him yes. in a great situation. Yes, exactly. But sometimes we need for you to make the great situation. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there aren't we that many guys that he, really do that. He got. To he su- does that. He got to sue Super Bowls in a great situation. He did. You want the big contract? You want the big money? Now you got to go out they there. They won win. the division championship last year, right? Not last year, but twenty in in uh, the year twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but. That that's all predicated on. So you'd rather have Derek Carr as your quarterback? Yes, I think it'll be cheaper. Right. To keep him. Okay, interesting. Wonder what Raider Nation feels about that. They know, uh, you know. I think there's a lot of fans that would want you know Russell Wilson here, but I think you make a good point. You saying that you'd rather have Derek Carr. I think a lot of people would uh, as well, and I think that. The key is building a good team around him or just improving the team around him at this point. I don't think it's a build. I think it's a uh, tinkering. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. George is in the great state of Oregon. How are you doing, George, in Oregon? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to uh, comment on Russell Wilson. You know, I live in Oregon. I get fo- We get force-fed with Seahawks <laughs> games every weekend. And I I don't think Russell Wilson is better than Derek Carr. Okay. Um, he's not, a, he's not a, a very good pocket passer because of his height. So, uh, and he likes to you know, run around in the backfield, and he gets uh, hit a lot. Um, and, and and a lot of his success uh, basically were like, uh, you know, he improvises, um, kind of like Mahomes, you know. And, um, yeah, he, he, he had a lot of success in his early years because of the defense, the Legion of Boom. But then, you know, as the, as the defense got weaker, um, 
you know, um, the last few years, um, that's when, you know, he's not having uh, as much success. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good trade-off. Plus, you know, he's uh, like three or four years older than Derek Carr. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure he's the type of QB that would thrive in a McDaniels offense. I mean, they tried it with Cam Newton a uh, couple years ago. And, uh, you know, that was uh, uh, incomplete. I would give that an incomplete because, you know, uh, he, he didn't play the entire season. So I don't know. He's never had, um, other than Garoppolo, but, but Garoppolo, um, you know, he didn't run as much as Russell Wilson. So I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. And and the cost is going to be more uh, than Derek Carr. It was a great call. I really appreciate it, George, uh, in Oregon. Don't be a stranger. Um, you know, the, the, the Cam Newton thing, I think the Patriots did the best they could uh, with Cam. I just think Cam is lost it basically and you know i i defend cam newton a lot because i felt like in his heyday when he was right when he was rolling as an mvp candidate i felt personally like the referees looked the other way far too many times on some brutal hits that he took and it was the old you know shaquille o'neal argument that the referees would sometimes have well you're a big guy and they 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 refereed Shaquille differently than they would smaller players because they just looked at Big Shaq and said, oh, you can take it. And the same thing held true, it seemed, with Cam Newton. Um, he was obviously a big human being. He's like six foot six, and he runs, and obviously he's a big target. But that doesn't um, condone what the referees did at times in terms of letting p- players get extra vicious uh, shots on him, and I think they ultimately took a toll. Devon Cotton. All right, we got Raider T on the line. Before we get to Raider T, I just want to throw out a stat for you. It's those MVP votes. So these are all the MVP votes that have been accumulated from a quarterback that has not won. So they, they collected some votes but did not win. Drew Brees, nine. Derek Carr, six. Josh Allen, four. Carson Wentz, two. Tony Romo, two. Dak Prescott, one. Carlson Palmer, one. Russell Wilson, zero. I don't agree with that. I think that there were some years where he deserved at least one MVP vote. But what are you going to do? So um, in that regard, I think Russell Wilson is a little bit uh, underrated uh, to this day. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider T is on the line. How you doing, my man? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing very good. Thank you. Hey, I want to follow up on yesterday's call and your article today, but first, just weighing in on that uh, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr thing. I am definitely a fan of Derek Carr, but oh. Russell Wilson's one of the guys that I would replace him with because I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson personally. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> just you know, in terms of a lot of the articles you're seeing out there now and what we were talking about yesterday, I think what they need to do is, A, basically just fill your holes on offense, right? And I don't want Devontae Adams because I want either an Allen Robinson, uh, Brandon Cook, somebody we have money left over to get the guy you identified, J.C. Jackson out of New England or Stephon Gilmore. I really feel that we're going to have to do more heavy lifting on defense. Even though the defense had a great year, I'm super excited about what they did. We're having a whole new team come in with a whole new scheme, so who knows what players are going to stick around or not. Casey Hayward was a big part of our success most likely he's going to go to Indianapolis and follow Gus Bradley. So I think you've got to bring in a free agent cornerback. 
And personally, I think with the first two uh, draft picks, I think one of them is going to be an interior defensive lineman and the other one's going to be a cornerback. And whether we take the cornerback in the first round or in a D-tackle in the second round or vice versa, I think you've got to address those areas. Number one, um, uh, the interior guys, we didn't have anybody really over 300 pounds that was a pass rusher in there. They were all sub-300-pound guys or kind of tweeners, um, either more of 3-4 um, defensive ends or small pass-rushing defensive tackles in a 4-3. So I think they're, they're going to bring in a guy in the middle and then a corner. But in addition to even um, – I think you need to draft and sign a corner because Trayvon Mullen was hurt a lot of last year. You don't know if that guy's going to come back. I'm a big fan of Trayvon Mullen, what he's produced. But you just don't know. And if the guy comes back healthy, great. Then you have a, a young rookie you drafted that hopefully is going to be um, a starting caliber corner and a guy you brought in in free agency that's a starting caliber corner in case somebody goes down, you have depth. Because um, I'd really like to keep Hobbs where he was. I know you could potentially slide him over. He's got the size. But he did such a good job at a slot. I think you really need to keep him there. And the last piece of the puzzle is whether it's draft or free agency, I think you're going to have to bring in, unless um, I know we drafted the second safety uh, later on in the draft last year that I was really high on and wanted to see him play. But I think Tyree Gillespie. Bring in somebody, Gillespie. Whether that guy can play or you bring somebody in, I think even though I was really hopeful uh, Abram would put it together, I've seen it, and I'm a fan, I've seen enough of him that he can't be a safety, especially in this. It looks like it's more of a, two safety, cover the back end kind of scheme that uh, the new DC um, runs. you got to have somebody who can defend the pass, especially with the quarterbacks in our division. Um, Abram's not going to get it done. So yep. You need somebody who can be back there with Morig that can roam the secondary, get some turnovers. But because of that change in scheme, that's why I think the, the uh, draft is going to be more focused on defense. I, I do think some of the guys that we talked about earlier could play – three four defensive end because um, they're tweeners you know guys like Phylon, guys like quentin jackson um personally i i think it's gonna be a money issue but um i'm drawing a blank on his name they're really tall guy there's a six seven defensive end that came from uh tampa bay that we signed a couple of years as a free agent yeah uh, um, carl nassib um and and great call i really appreciate it i still think offensively even if you want to go uh system at wide receiver um you got to protect Derek Carr. If you can protect Derek Carr, I think they can make things work with a lot of the pieces that they have already in place. But you have to protect them. Offensive line needs to be taken care of. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday.